What happened? I lost you. Am I back? I can hear you. I just can't see you. That's weird. Uh... Yeah. We'll go with it. So, granted, we're on. There we go. I can see you now. I can see your beautiful, wonderful face. Thanks. So, you were one of the the reason why I wanted to have an interview with you on the podcast. I wanted to wait until after the inauguration because you're one of the only people I know that's not like. I'm just gonna be completely honest. Like, you're correct me if I'm wrong, but you're a registered Republican. That is correct. That is the uh, that that is the ticket that I have run for uh, political office under. Yep. Okay. So that so and a lot of my friends are more left leaning, so I can never get. I very I have very little friends that are right in the middle where I'm at, right politically. But I wanted to talk to you because you know what you're talking about when it comes to politics. And plus, you're not going to make me feel like an idiot if I have a question. I mean, I definitely won't make you feel like an idiot. I I can't speak to the first part, though, that I know what I'm talking about. I have opinions, but um, whether or not people decide to uh, agree with them, hold them in high regards is completely out of my control. <laughs> so, um, so obvious question first, um, how are you feeling with who's um, with after the inauguration? How are you feeling about it? I mean, that's uh, that's a loaded question. Um, th- there's I mean, the inauguration itself went off without a hitch. Uh, you know, I liked everything. I mean, I, I think I, I speak for a lot of people when I say, it. you know, everything that I saw, you know, I liked it was good. It felt like we were getting back to democracy. Um, that that said. Um, it. You know, the days leading up to it, you know, uh, and, you know, I think because this is where I think where we're going, where this, you know, line of questioning is just going to. I want to take my political hat off here a second. You know, politics ends the second that, you know, Americans die. And, you know, despite where you may fall on the political spectrum, someone's rights were extinguished due to other people feeling they had more rights than the rest of the country that they could impose on other people, uh, their beliefs in a way that is definitely not how we go about addressing issues in our country. And that's wrong. No matter where you stand on the political spectrum, that, that, that is when people should take off their hats and they should, come together as a country because you know this is exactly the thing we are our founding fathers created this country to have more civil united liberty as a whole I agree with you there okay I have to ask this question I don't really want to ask a question but it's kind of the, it's kind of a question I have to ask. So, did you? How do you feel as though the way that Trump? I'm not bashing Trump. I don't want that to be put out there. I mean, it's known that I don't like him, but I'm not gonna bash him. 
But how would you, how did you feel in your peers around you feel? I don't know if you talked to him at all, but how did they feel about the way that he was acting after the loss and kind of ruining tradition? So, I mean, I wouldn't say that, you know, ruining tradition uh, is the word I would use. I would just say accepting the facts. No, no court of equity in the United States said that there were issues that they could try. That means that either two things, either you didn't have proper jurisdiction or you didn't have enough evidence to amount to uh, anything that could be redressable. And that, you know, right there should be the end of it. Like, it sucks. Yeah. Like, pack up, go home, try again in four years. And while you're at it, reflect on maybe why the votes didn't fall in your favor. Yeah, I mean, I think... I think the way, you know, I, you know, this is just speculation. This is just my opinion. It doesn't, you know, it's take, you can take it with a grain of salt, whatever you want to do. But I believe that he lost a lot of, not a lot of people because he had, what was it? Like 76 million people voted for him. No matter Uh, what. Yeah. But I feel like that he kind of lost some people with the way how he reacted to the pandemic. Oh, for sure. I mean, and speaking, you know, on the subject, I personally believe, like, and, you know, this is something, like, I haven't really talked to a lot of my peers about, but this is just a question I have as a person who has a background in public relations. You know, there are several points during the entire pandemic where I personally believe the president could have made a decision where he would have sealed the election in his favor, multiple points. And it feels like every time we arrive at this fork in the road where he could have made the decision that could have cinched the election, because it was a very close election when you, all things considered, it was very yeah. close. Yeah, it was. I mean, it, it triggered a recount, uh, automatic recount in multiple, uh, you know, counties. But every time he reaches this junction, it's almost like he not only chooses the wrong path, but he sprints down the wrong path. And I don't, uh, you know, nonpartisan rant here. I don't understand like what the strategic value is for some of the actions when the, the clear and obvious choice is to start winning hearts and minds because those are voters come November. Right. Cause I mean, and, and really, I mean, obviously like there's other factors in play. I'm, very gen- generally over broadening the you know the multiple issues that you know this country faces and that we have to still work through but you know generally like you could have in theory though any one of those chimes been able to cinch the vote in your favor had you not acted the way you did Yeah, I think that's what happens when you have a person who's very narcissistic. That's, and you know. no, I agree. And I think you're you're you know narcissistic, and then on top of that, you you, you create an echo chamber. Your 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 surrounding advisors are yes men essentially. That you know, 
Which is the most and, terrible thing to do. Right. That, that is a dangerous thing. Any Anytime you get an echo chamber going where you're just hearing either applause or agreement, you know, th- that is something that, you know, I mean, any company, that's a death knell. Like that, that is, that is a sign that your company is not going to be around a long time because you're not doing things to improve. You're doing things that make you feel warm and fuzzy inside. Right. Yeah. I feel like that's the only way for you to grow is that you have to have people around you who are going to disagree with you. Right. The, the uh, kind of the, you know, I I forget what, uh, where this quote is from, but basically it's like, if you have nine people agreeing with you, you know, always have a 10th person that will say no, no matter what, at least to challenge the status quo. That's a good, that's, I mean, that's a good quote. It's, I feel as though that like when you have something, no matter what, no matter if you're president, no matter if you're, you know, CEO of a big corporation or whatever else like that, you don't ever try, like, like how, you know how I do stand up, right? Yeah. Whenever I have a bit, I go to my friends that don't what that don't really listen to stand up because I know I'm going to get an honest opinion. Like granted, no, I'm, you know, some, some of my friends that are comedians, I mean, obviously I'll take it to them, but like, if I have a first idea, like I would take it to like, you know, for instance, like an example, like just, uh, how, how would you want to say it? Just kind of like, uh, like, a neutral make third least, party. Yeah, a make-believe story is that I'll go to you for, like, if I have a bit, I'm going to go to you about it. And I'm going to see what you would take from it and if you think it's funny. Because I know you don't really listen to that much stand-up. So you know what I mean? So it's just, when you, when you like, it's the whole thing is that, you know, you need to surround yourself with people who disagree with you and who are going to call you out on bullshit. No, I agree. And really, I mean, that's... Ideally, you know, that's what you want. And and especially if you're running a business, a corporation, anything like that. Like, I mean, good example. You know, I'm sure there, you know, had there been someone in, up in Blockbusters, you know, board of directors that said, hey, maybe we should take this Netflix idea more seriously. We might still have Blockbuster today. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you hear that type of crazy. You hear that type of crazy stuff, and you're like, really? Like you had like, how much is Netflix worth? Like, like a lot of money, and you had the chance to buy it, or you could okay, you had the idea, you could have at least like somewhat copied it and just kind of made like a little tweaks here and there, so it's not the exact kind of blueprint. But no. Well, I love the last days of Blockbuster. Like this is after like Blockbuster like gone and left like the area. But that speedway um, over by uh, Jupiter had a blockbuster kiosk and it looked like it walked and talked like the red box. <laughs> and I'm like, what a last ditch effort to try to like. <laughs> Fucking blue with the yellow, yellow trim. It looks like a box that just got cut open, like the logo. See, that whole thing is weird that, you you know, you don't I feel like Blockbuster was a good idea for its time because, you know, you see like family videos going out of business. 
Yeah, I mean, I was actually kind of surprised because I thought, you know, with CBD oils being, you know, legal now, their profits would be through the roof. Oh, those, that CBD oil is fucking bullshit, and you know it. <laughs> as a stone, as a stoner who I am, that stuff is BS. Okay, you go, you go to a somebody who is known to sell it and that has like really, you know, actual legit stuff because they, I saw an article that they tested a bunch, like you know, when the gas stations start selling them. Yeah. It's it's just all it is is just a fucking placebo. It's all it is. Yeah, I mean, and there's I mean, there's something to be said for it. Like there's some scientific, but yeah, I mean, there's at, at some point you're wondering where is this the a sugar pill? Like, you know, it, I, I'm I'm doing most of this with my my mental gymnastics than I am with, you know, actual modern medicine. Yeah. And yeah, that that. Uh, but I always found that funny. Like, who, who in their right mind, like, oh, yeah, we're going to sell videos and CBD oil. What are you smoking? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I mean, it's a good idea, but it's just when you, when you, you know, you're, you, in order, you have to make it, you know, because you can't have it where these companies can go in and test it and be like, well, it's, you know, it's not it. Because trust me, CBD oil works. I don't know if you have any experience with it. I do not. No, I I don't have a. I've never the opportunity has not a arisen to where I've I've had to use it. I mean, it's like if you have like like back if you have like pain or whatever else like that. I mean, I use it pretty much every day because it just reduces inflammation and everything else like that. It's non psychoactive, so it's not like you're going to get high off of it. But I mean, it's it's something that you know because we obviously do have an opioid crisis in this in this country. Oh, for sure. Like that and, is unfortunate. But yeah, it's, yeah. It's and it's gotten worse too since the lockdown. Yeah. So is alcohol sales. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently, uh, lottery tickets too. Uh, no, I'm, you, I'm not the. I did buy. I just didn't win a lot. Well, obviously, you wouldn't be talking to me right now. You, you'd be in fucking wherever the hell you would be at. Well, I'd be gone, girl. Like, <laughs> I'd, I'd be a name on a piece of paper saying I claimed my money. <laughs> One billion dollars. You was it? You probably want? Was it some woman in Novi won it? Yeah, and... uh, I'm a Kroger. I'm like, I, see, I went to Meyer. That was my issue. I should have went to the Kroger. Kroger. <laughs> See, was it like a, with that you would probably walk away with what four hundred million, which is still fu money. Uh, five hundred seventy-six million, I think. After taxes, you take the direct payout. Um, from what I read, but I'm just like, I'm like anything over a hundred million is monopoly money at that point. It doesn't matter. Like, I, like I will never want again. In in my, you know. Very short time here on Earth. I, I will not want for anything ever, unless I decide to like you know go to Vegas and bet it all on black. Then yeah, I'm going to be a pauper again pretty quickly. But you no, know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think black. Be. Wesley Snipes said that. Well, Wesley Snipes is in jail. Was in jail. <laughs> I think the most you can bet on black in Michigan is, I think five thousand. That's a kind no, of no, not even, that's not a even. I think number. 
I think the, the most you can bet at least in the lower peninsula is 500. That's like, a reasonable number. Even, yeah. Which makes sense. <laughs> See, I don't even like when I don't know about you, but when I go to the casinos, I just stick, I just stick to slots. I don't go to blackjack. I don't go to roulette. See, I have friends that are amateur poker players and I have friends that are, uh, blackjack dealers. Um, and they're very comfortable on tables and I'm just very like, it's intimidating. Like it's a very, it feels faster than like if you're playing online or, you know, like, and for that reason alone, I shy away from table games and just stick to, uh, <laughs> um, getting Flat. ripped off the you know slot machines that are all flashy and no, no cash. <laughs> Say like it, I had a, I have a friend who like whenever he goes to the casino, he always does the max bet on the on the um, on the slots, and then he would play roulette. He walked in there with two hundred dollars, and he walked out with almost a grand. That is impressive. And we both we probably both know this person. We went I'm, to school I, with him. I immediately thought of who you were talking about, like the second that you, yeah. Hold on, I'm gonna time stamp it because I'm gonna edit the name out. But who who do you think I'm talking about? Is it a no? No. Really? Yeah. His... Okay, I can see that too. I can see that too. Yeah. Just I walk in there with him, and he just wins a bunch of money, and I lost forty dollars. And all I'm doing is just smoking on a cigar while watching him bet. <laughs> and that's all you can do. Like I'm, I tell you, that is. I mean, it, it's impressive to the people who can do that and have like very good composure about themselves while doing it. Like props to them. But like, I, I am very, I'm an easily like, you know, yeah, I, I don't get intimidated. It's just, it's an intimidating feat just because like, you don't want to look like you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. And I, I for sure do not have, I mean, I don't go that often and especially with COVID, I definitely haven't gone as much as I've wanted to, but um, I don't have the time either, so that's kind of <laughs> yeah. Because somebody's pre- somebody's preparing to be a lawyer. Yeah. Do you actually want to be a lawyer, or are you trying to get into a political career through it? No, I want to be a lawyer. I like um. So I actually I did a uh, externship uh this past semester at a law firm, and I'm not um gonna say their name just uh out of respect for them, but they uh they did a. a wonderful job at teaching me. It was my first time in a law firm and they, uh, it was intimidating. Like, I mean, you walked in and uh, you know, this is my last semester of law school. So like I've gone through it all. And, you know, first, first day, the, the, you know, managing partner says, okay, uh, uh, draft this will. And I'm just like, it, it finally dawns on me. I'm like, I've never actually seen a will. Like I've taken the will class. I can tell you the rules for what constitutes a will in Michigan, but I've never seen a will. And I'm like, this is, this is strange. This is going to hurt, but it's growing. And, you know, as I grew through that externship, the one thing that stood out to me is that, you know, despite all the jokes and all this, like, you know, you know, stuff that people say about lawyers sometimes, like, at the heart, most lawyers, in fact, I, I would say blanket statement, like 
almost all lawyers are out there to help people. And, you know, when you're helping people, when you're helping someone through a, a crisis or helping them like with, you know, an issue that they come in there with and you can see that you're actually making a difference, like it, it actually like it, it makes you physically happy, but it makes you emotionally like you don't realize like that was missing from your life. And it's, it's a great feeling, especially cause like, you know, people, you're seeing people at their lowest or when they're at, at their most like vulnerable, vulnerable and you're able to not only help them not be that in that position anymore, but you, you know, give them comfort and you give them, uh, you know, you, you, you basically give them, the ability to get back whatever the, you know, the issue is that they have, or at the very least try to be whole again from before the issue started. And that's, you know, I love that, you know, and I'm actually excited. Like it's been a real driving factor getting to like be a part of that and getting to watch some of the amazing attorneys in Grand Rapids. Like I can't say enough about the amazing legal community we have here. Like we are absolutely blessed. We don't, know how lucky we have it in Grand Rapids because the the legal team and the the amount of continuing professional education that the lawyers go through to you know operate in the city is you know top top notch and I would liken it to the same standards that you'd see like on TV for like New York or Chicago lawyers. Like they're absolutely brilliant. And that drive has been getting me through bar prep, which let me tell you what, that is a humbling experience. That is a hundred and twenty percent humbling experience. Like I'm graduating tomorrow from law school. Like congratulations, uh, tomorrow, sir. Thank you. I I uh, it's been like the first time like I've like actually said it out loud. Um, I actually have to keep reminding myself that I'm graduating because it definitely doesn't feel like I'm graduating because like I went right from my final to studying for the bar. And just to give you an idea, like this is, you know, this is just one of the seven books that I have at my disposal to help me study. And it is definitely like you realize that over time you lose information. Like I've, yeah. I've been going to the school for about two and a half years now. And the, the classes that like, I know I got an A and I know like my, my outlines are bomb and I, I pick up my paper, try to read my outline in my attack outline. Like I just have all these hieroglyphics and like symbols. and I have absolutely zero idea what it means. I'm like, uh, this is property. Uh, I can't tell you more than that or what, what type of property is it? Uh, and so I watched these like videos about the, uh, you know, um, hold on one second. All right. Uh, I'll be right back. I'm going to mute myself in, uh, my camera. I hear the telephone ringing. Okay. All right. I'll stop this recording. I will come right back. All right. We know how this edited out, so just go ahead and do your business. Sorry about that, telemarketer. I fucking hate those. Yeah. I don't get calls from them anymore because I kept on giving a bunch of them a bunch of shit. That'll do it. Sorry, so, I was in the mood for a cigar. Um, lucky, I have 
But yeah, so as I was saying, um, yeah, it, so basically you, you have this paper just full of writings. You know, at one point, this was like the most magical thing that you had. And it was like uh, just an absolute, you know, super weapon on a test. And now you can't even transcribe it. You don't know what it means. You, you watch these videos and like halfway through the video, it, it's like the most bizarre thing. Suddenly it all just clicks again. Like you've, you've been refreshed enough for like, oh, yeah, this absolutely makes sense. And it's like it's a trip to try to like, you know, to go through that process. Right. I don't think like it was. I don't think you really forget information. It just gets stored somewhere in your head where your brain thinks that you're not going to ever use it again. But right, when you, you create get, uh, new pathways back to it to get uh, the information. Exactly. Like, I think the other day for the first time, I actually had to do algebra again. Oh, dear Lord. And trust me, I felt like, a you know, it's going to be a blatant honest. I feel like a fucking idiot. It <laughs> hurts because I couldn't figure it out. Like I, I do stand up and smoke dope. I don't want to do anything else. I mean, that's, it sounds bad out. Of, it sounds bad out of context. <laughs> but um, but sure. no, I think your your brain is one of the most interesting things, one of the most interesting organs that your body's ever gonna have. Oh, for sure. Did you know? Um, do you know what dimethyltryptamine is? I do not. Um, well, the um, the short form for it is called DMT. It's basically, it's like, well, I've well, DMT is a psychedelic drug, right? Right. You can get it from. I forgot. There's a type of tree that makes it. And do you remember, like, when people were licking the toad, the licking the toads? Yes. That's what they were getting off of it. So, um, well, the thing is, is that your brain makes it. And that's basically, and when your brain makes it is the same thing that gives off right before you die. No shit. Yeah. And you know, like when, um, you know, like when people say they got abducted by aliens or like they had a dream that was like really, really vivid. Yeah. And they go like, I swear to God, dude, it fucking happened. You were basically were basically tripping off on ball, tripping your balls off because your brain was making DMT. Interesting. Uh, it's very interesting. <laughs> it is. And it's just so many things that your brain can do. And also the fact is that your frontal cortex for men isn't isn't developed until you're like freaking 25. Oh, yeah. Which is, yeah, I mean, it's, the brain is a real, I mean, it's a mystery still. I, I can't remember what it is, but I believe it's something like scientists still don't know why uh, we need sleep. Like, we we know, like, what benefits sleep does, and like, but we don't know why exactly we need sleep for those things to happen. Well, it's only gonna take it's only gonna take a matter of time until modern medicine catches up with that. And the next day, oh, here's a pill, and you don't need to sleep for 24 hours. Well, I mean, they have that. It's called cocaine. <laughs> it's, well, the thing is with cocaine, you know, the co- the high only lasts for about 10, 15 minutes. That's what not a lot of people realize. 
you have to have like Scarface amount of cocaine to even like get to stay up for that long. True, It'd but be- I mean that that amount was you know your in your you know regular Coke formula back in the 1900s. <laughs> The idea about, you know, obviously Meyer Madison is, you know, phenomenal. The fact that we are doing things today that, you know, only 20 years ago was just an idea or it was a theory. Like, that's, you know, that's nuts. Like, yeah. Um, and really, I, I mean, I'm excited to see what we have in the future. I know, uh, you know, the fact that we were able to produce a vaccine this quickly like that that is you know something on you know never been done before on the, on this kind of scale well the thing is with that is that there's when you have thousands and like you know you when you have tens of thousands of people working on one thing basically you kind of really just stop trying to make a vaccine for all the rest of these other diseases and you just try to focus on this one thing because it's such a global, such a huge pandemic i i it just you you realize that it was going to come sooner than most vaccines because there's like a shit ton of people working on it. And have oh, you, had, sure. have you, have you caught the, have you caught COVID yet? No, I have not. I've been, I have been blessed. My family has been safe and healthy. Um, my, uh, uh, my, my fiance has been very, uh, blessed. Um, she, she didn't get a, um, her family has been safe too. So, yeah, it's been, you know, uh, did you, uh, have you been safe or have you? I caught it. it. I caught it in Halloween. Oh, okay. Have you noticed it's any not- uh, effects of it? Um, I still get headaches. Interesting. I, I've, I I've heard a lot of headaches about- from it. Like what, what, what were you going to say? Oh, no, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I think we're going to say the same thing. So. Um, I mean, there's been a lot of people who've had like problems with their respiratory system after it, but was that I, I didn't lose my taste and smell, but I did, was it, it was, I started showing symptoms ironically on on Halloween. I was watching a movie with my mom and I felt fatigued as fuck. I was sitting in a recliner and I, there was a blanket right behind me. I couldn't even get enough energy to grab the blanket. I felt nauseated. I had a, the headache probably lasted for about eight days. Wow. No matter, no matter how much time you sleep and everything else like that, it's just there. And it's probably, probably, it's probably after eight days is when you start, when you start feeling better. But it's it took me probably about two or three weeks to, to kind of get completely back to normal. And it's it's, it's it's not fun. And I hate the fact when people say that, oh, it's just, you know, it's fake. It's fake. It's like, dude, it's not fucking fake. It's not. Because yeah, I mean, trust that's... me, I was, I was talking so much shit about it. I knew I was going to get it. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm playing it very safe just because, you know, uh, I, after hearing all of the, you know, side effects and, you know, the long lasting effects, I'm like, that is the last thing I need trying to study for the bar. Like that, that is, you know, it is already a challenge without, you know, something as just, and it, it just sounds debilitating. Like I've, 
uh, I have a friend who she had it back in November and the fatigue is still there. Like she, she goes to, you know, the store and she's like, she's like, I feel so tired. Like I need someone to drive me home from the store just because I don't have the ability to drive myself safely. And she's, you know, a very, she's our age. Wow. And I'm just like, Holy cow. Like that is absolutely I mean that's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well the the one thing that I the one thing that everybody needs to know is just you need to take care of yourself. Yeah. Self-care uh I mean if there's any theme uh from 2020 that we can pull out of it it's a this definitely could have been an email. Um and B uh you know self-help self uh you know take care of yourself, you know, stay home if you're sick, you know, and that's something yeah. I think we as a society have shied away from because we've, uh, you know, doubled down on capitalism and, you know, the, the business day comes before, you know, your personal health. And I think we really, you know, that kind of put the, push the reset button where we got to, you know, focus on your health again. Like if you're not feeling well, there's no reason you should come into work, stay home, right. get better. Don't, try to do something that's either going to hurt yourself or it's going to hurt and affect your, you know, coworkers. Right. But not the fact that I don't love this conversation, but I kind of want to get back to the pol- political side. Hey, this is I, your show, man. But I mean, like I enjoy the conversation, but like, I just like, I want to kind of get your opinions because like I said, you're probably one of them. You're one of my only besides like family members. You're my only friend that is like a, a Republican. But, um, so like, I just like, you know, obviously I hear one side of it, but I also want to hear the other side of it of like, okay. So, I mean, how do I want to say this without sounding like a dick? I mean, it's your show. <laughs> I know, but I still, you know, this show's got me in trouble a couple times, so. Iron- ironically. Um, I'm, I'm assuming that you don't really care for Biden. I mean, so, I, I don't vote straight ticket. Like, that, that's not, like, you know, something, you know, it's available to, you know, everyone, but I don't. I don't vote straight ticket. You know, I look at someone, if I don't like you, it's because of legitimate reasons. It's not party line. And, you know, there's some redeeming qualities about him that I think, you know, are good. You know, I, uh, you know, I, I'm holding out. I'm hoping that, you know, I think the things that, you know, can redeem them are, you know, we're starting to see them, I think, but I'm waiting, you know? Yeah. I'm giving it a fair chance, you know, it's, and, and the one thing that I think, and this is where I'm going to go on my rant a second here. Right ahead. The American president has been elevated over the last 50 years to a pedestal and then glamorized and dramatized by Hollywood and the TV as being this, you know, end all be all 
a pillar of American society and whether or not that that's exactly what the president should be and what the founding fathers intended it to be can be debated in public spheres. But if you really, 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 truly want to affect your neighbor and the, you know, legislation and all that, local politics, the president does very literal, literally very little, uh, that affects you at the local level day to day. And the the best example of that is the fact that your, your federal mass mandate is only able to control federal workers because of federalism. You, you can only control the federal level because the states have their own power. We call that the police power it allows the states to, uh, you know, regulate for the health, safety and welfare and morals of the society. Congress doesn't have that ability and neither does the president at the executive level. So if you really want to mess with people, get on your uh, local city council, become mayor, become a representative. That's how you're really going to make change. Right. Do you think, like, do you think, um, do you think enough people know who like, for instance, Grand Rapids, do you like do you think a lot of people know who like the commissioners are or, you know, besides yeah, like, they or, because that, those mean, are the people that are making, you know, some very interesting decisions that may or may not affect you from property taxes to, uh, you know, something as simple as where the new, you know, drains are going to be for the road. You know, are they going to take out the middle lane? Are they going to, you know, and that'd be the road commission. You know, that is, I mean, th that's really where you're going to see most of the types of decisions that are going to start affecting you. You know, how your most of your money is being spent is at the local level. Um, and if you live in the this area, it, most of it's probably going to roads and schools. Because yeah. that's where we as a, as a you know society have voted that that's where our property taxes are going to go. That's where, you know, if you work in the city, that's where you're going to be paying, you know, money from income taxes. Like, that's just a fact. And a great example, of, you can see this is when you have a government shutdown when we can't pass a, a budget for the year. You know, we start to see, you know, the federal government shut down. Yeah. You know, can't go to national parks and stuff, but your mail is going to come. Your city officials are still going to go to do their jobs. Your, your you know, township's going to be open. Like nothing's going to be affected because it's at the federal or it's at the state level that most of these things get done. And yeah, it's great to fantasize about the president and oh yeah, you know, just you know, you can view it through two windows, like you know. Oh man, the, the Democrats are controlling, you know, the, the House and they have 50, uh, it's a 50 50 in the Senate and we have the presidency, like they're going to just do everything. Who cares? The, the, the actual true effect, aside from another stimulus check, is going to probably be something to the extent that you won't even notice it unless you read about it and, you know, consciously, you know, intercept it that way. But, are you reading about, you know, you know, did they pass this bill in Grand Rapids or are they spending money appropriately that you'd like to see it? You know, how 
how are they controlling, you know, zoning? You know, that's a huge thing yeah, yeah. where someone can and can't, you know, do business, build, uh, you know, single multifamily homes. I mean, that's going to be done all by your city and all by your township. I'm trying to, so, f- I'm trying to make an argument. Like I'm not like, I'm not just doing it to be a dick. I'm just trying to kind of, you know, I mean, I, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll be, you know, I guess I'll be it, you know, Biden's president. Okay. Who cares? Right. Like, at the end of the day, does this affect how you are going to go about your life or more than likely after the election, after the inauguration, guess what? We're still here. Like nothing. I, I mean, Yes, there has been some change. Like th- there has been some meaningful change that is tangible that I can see. But for most of Americans, most people, it hasn't been affected, you know, at the personal level more than, you know, before, you know. And again, that's a very general, very broad statement. And, you know, I shouldn't be making those, but, you know, if you want that, I mean, it, it really, it's not going to affect your day-to-day life, you know, more than the governor can. Right. I think some people and, think that it does, though, which is unfortunate. I mean, it. I mean, they can think that. It's just, you know, you've got to violate federalism to do it. You know, the only way that the government can control what you do is either through an exception. Or if the governor agrees to it. Yeah. I mean, well, what are your thoughts on the lockdown with, like, um, the restrictions that uh, Governor Whitmer put in? Like, not trying to make it seem, like, you know, not trying to, like, stir the pot, but, like... I don't think there's any... I don't think it's stirring the pot at all. I think, you know, I, I... I think that the issue that, you know, I have is that, you know, a lot of these health experts are saying that there are ways that we can go about reopening society safely. Now, with the new uh, variant strains, that might change a little bit. I haven't been up on it. I've kind of been sealed off from the, you know, the world of media, but um, for a few weeks. But, you know, if there's a possible way that we can open this up, you know, we should be exploring those because there are businesses that are being affected that I just don't think are going to survive and, you know, come out of this. However, at the same time, you know, and I I think on the last show, I I said the same exact thing. Can you really put a price on, you know, a human life, you know? Yeah. And that's, I mean, and both are very good arguments because, you know, on one hand, yeah, like these are, you know, family businesses that have been in, you know, generations, you know, in, you know, the area. However, at the same time, like, you know, there has to be a balance. And the one thing I think that's the issue, I think the true issue is a lot of these rules are starting to feel arbitrary and capricious at, yes. at its heart. Like you're saying I, I can stand in line at a Walmart, but I, I can't stand in line at a, you know, restaurant or something like bad example, but you get what I mean. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's some things that like logically if I'm applying the rule across the board, it's starting to feel 
a bit capricious. Right. It's how come you can go to a store, but you just have to wear a mask, but you can't go into a restaurant and you wear a mask and, you know, obviously you social distance and everything else like that. You need to, I feel as though, I feel like that the intentions with this lockdown, especially for the people that are listening, because I have people that listen like that aren't from Michigan. We're one of only three states that still have like indoor dining. Um, we can't have indoor dining. And granted, we're one of the you know we're one of the hotspots for COVID. We've been like that since the beginning of this pandemic. But at the same time, you need to open. You need you know you can't you know it's like the one thing I didn't get like when the whole when the lockdown and everything was happening, and then we were having you know when we when those cases went down and then they started opening back up. I was like, good. And then right when you know they said that right when the they like the health experts said when these when these spikes in the cases were going to go up and they, t- they, you know, around this time area, around this area. And then when it came to that area and the, t- and the spikes went up, you know, that you continue to, you know, you go back to closing everything. And it's like, you had so much time to help and make it so that you don't have to close and everything else like that. You had so much time to make up ways so that you could have these businesses open and still keep people safe. Well, I think, uh, you know, to that point too, like, I think it, it feels like we need doctors and we need, you know, health experts making these calls. And it's feeling like it's coming a lot from the, you know, the, the politicians instead of yeah. actual experts on this, because I, I'm sorry, but I feel like, you know, and the, I, I was listening to a health expert talk about the, um, uh, I think it was curfews in areas that weren't known uh, nightlife areas. He's like, this makes absolutely zero sense. Now, if you know, if it's the you know Vegas Strip, like I get it because you know nighttime is where most when most people congregate in those areas. However, if it's you know a very rural area, which is everywhere but you know, this isn't starting to really make any sense. And now you're just inadvertently hurting businesses that operate at nighttime. Do you think that it's an issue because a lot of politicians have so much power now that they're not willing to give it up? Do you think that might have a deciding factor in it, or am I just being a conspiracy nut job? I mean, I don't... I don't really think they have any more power than they had before. I think that power was there. They're exercising it now. And, you know, and like it or not, the the only solution the courts are going to tell you, unless there's a clear violation of the Constitution, either Michigan or, you know, federal, is let the political process work its uh, work itself out. And uh, the, the punchline of that is the political process has happened, it's worked itself out. And at yeah. the end of the day, that's enough. I just... <laughs> it's just I mean, so... You just see everything, and, you know, you obviously look at it and go, you know, it's not making any sense. Like, I think was, I think... Um, the governor of California... I can't remember his name. But all I know is he's a cuck. And um, 
he said, wear a mask to get your freedom back. And I looked at it, I heard that, and I was like, how the hell does that make sense? You got me. <laughs> I I don't. Um, that is, yeah, I mean, and th- that's kind of like been like the, it's been the carrot. It feels like it's carrot in the stick. Like, oh, well, let's lock down for two weeks. And then it's like, oh, well, you know, even though, yeah, we locked down for two weeks, it's got to be longer. And then it was, well, you can be open, but you got to wear masks and you got to put these protective, you know, screens up and you got to, you know, meet these standards and make sure you have these screening processes. And then it was, well, you spent money on that. And now, well, oops, we have to shut you down anyways, because, you know, and then it it, it seems like, you know, well, you do this, you'll stay open. And then they do this and then. Oh, sorry. So close. Right. You came up just so close. But it... I... Like, I thought with Biden going in, I thought, you know, I I made the joke that I go, oh, so does that mean when Biden wins that coronavirus is over? (laughs) Ironically, that's not the first time I've heard that joke from... uh, I mean, obviously, like, you know, it's not going to go away. Like, this is, you know, I think it was Fauci who said, like, this is going to be here. Like, this is, this is well embedded. Um, it's just going to be a thing. And, you know, regardless of that, I, I like to see the bigger picture, you know, the, the bigger picture of, you know, the, what, the precedent that we have just put in place does that mean every you know five years because that's basically the, the the running track that was you know five years ago we had Ebola five years before that it was uh, oh what was I, I think it was um oh swine flu so, no that was ten that was five years after the one we're blanking on right now because that was Is the Bush SARS? administration yes I think it was SARS. That was it. That was. Because I remember H1N1, like back, like when, like, oh nine. That was the Bush administration, yeah. But that was that was before oh nine. That was oh seven, I think. So oh seven, I thought it was earlier than that. That was like oh three. Oh, it could have been. Yeah, but it seems like it seems like almost like every five to seven years, there seems like to be a new virus that comes about. Right. Which means the precedent that we've now set is, you know, basically what what they're saying is every five to seven years, our economy is going to be artificially just decimated now because we're going to put lockdown orders in effect and we're going to do mass mandates. And every five years, you know, you know, we're, we're going to displace, you know, more people than we did when the Great Depression happened. Like, right do we really want this around a, a two of this? I mean, I mean, it's, you know, and again, it goes back to weighing that, you know, if there's a way we can open safely, can we open safely? And, you know, what is, you know, how can we do this with minimizing, you know, uh, fatalities and, you know, what, when do we say enough is enough? And, you know, I think it's coming. I think, 
I think that's an issue that, you know, I, I think a lot of politicians will say, oh, well, we talked about this. And no, I don't think we've had an actual sit down conversation about what we want to do and how we feel like this is working because we, the numbers, you know, for a while continue to grow and we're in full lockdown. And, you know, if the numbers are growing anyways, regardless of lockdown, you know, at least let the businesses flourish. Right. You know, at least have some silver lining. Make sure that these losses that we're sustaining aren't for nothing. But at the same time, you know, we don't know what happens if the business is open. Right. What happens if they can't? operate safely you know right i want to um we don't know unless we have that conversation right i want to ask you this type of question i want to ask you this question i want to get your opinion on it i had a conversation with somebody and i said that they're saying that we're going we're you know we're either it's either we're there or we're going into another recession right and I want to get your opinion on it, right? Do, do, um, I don't want to say it. Do you think in order to save the economy, you, you kind of have to keep on giving these stimulus checks because you need to kind of pump, you, you need to pump money no. into the people? No. So actually, and your, your friend's absolutely right. The, the, uh, in, it is actually ironic. Uh, one of my friends who uh, brilliant um, investing mind, um, he, he watches the market um, all the time. He does a lot of uh, retirement stuff, uh, retirement benefits for um, some larger companies, but all he does is watch the markets and he tries to watch trends. And it basically, if you see him like the Wolf of Wall Street or like, you know, Wall Street, the movie, he does that, but at a much like more controlled and less volatile level. And last, I think it was last uh, August, like 2019, he, he was like, there's a recession coming. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, there's, there's a recession coming. I can't tell you what's going to cause it, what's going to trigger it, or how bad it's going to be. But everything's turning to the fact that there's going to be a recession. And when everything just broke loose in March, I'm like, whew. That yeah, is who, who's your friend. Apparently he's Nostradamus. <laughs> right. Um, and so, yes, uh, your friend's right. There's uh, we're in or on the brink of a recession. Now, the, the, the issue, the stimulus check. So the stimulus check does exactly what the word says. It's meant to stimulate economy. It's supposed to, you know, you get your $1,200 check or your $600 check or whatever, and you're supposed to go out and go buy a DVD player, go buy a new TV, go buy the PS5, um, enter the market of commerce, because that will make the economy start. It's like, um, it's like choking an engine and then, you know, starting it up and, it's essentially a uh, it, it's an emergency start to the economy. However, if everyone knows that there's a recession coming and everyone knows that there might not be jobs, that there might be an issue with producing income, if 
it's going to get much tighter and much worse, they're not going to spend it. They're going to save it. And if they save it, that is ironically the worst thing they could possibly do. It feels like the right idea. It, it, It inherently feels like that is the move I should make for my family. But in fact, it's the worst move for the economy because now that money that they just gave, that they just weakened the dollar, they, you kept it and they aren't going to get it back. See, if you spend it, it goes to the stores. And part of that goes to sales tax, which goes to the government. Part of that goes to pay employees, which is income, which is taxed to the government. Some of that goes to pay contracts, which pays other companies, which pays taxes to the government. And some of that goes to fuel and transportation, which, right. you know, taxes to the government. And basically, the government's hoping that it can stimulate the economy, get the money back. And at the end of the day, the dollar isn't any weaker than when they started printing the money. However, everyone's holding on to that money. You've just weakened the dollar for the same reason that, you know, uh, your, your Pokemon card is less valuable if I just mass produced about 20,000 of them. Right. Like it's not going to be worth as much. I've diluted the market and you can do that so many times before you've no longer, it no longer has buying power in the global market, which means the dollar is worthless. And so is your economy. And it will, it's, you know, actually could probably be worth less. The second that it doesn't have the same buying power on the market that, you know, it used to, it means that you're going to be paying twice as much. It means you're going to be running up deficits. It means you're going to be spending more than what you probably have. And, you know, so if it works once and it doesn't work, try again. If it works, you know, you try it and it doesn't work twice. I guess try again, but there's only so many times you can do it before your dollar is now worth less than a peso. Right. And that is the, you know, once the dollar is worth nothing on the global market, which the global market is run by the U.S. dollar. Now you're in some sort of nightmare scenario that some economicist won a Nobel Prize for sometime in the late 90s. For disproving trickle down economics. Like, that is, and so to answer your question, I hope the stimulus checks work. I'm hoping that we get more. I'm, I'm hoping that we can, you know, do something about, you know, you know, but, and ironically, I think it was, I forget who it was on the House floor, but basically they're like, you want a surefire way to make sure the economy is stimulated? Open up the damn economy. Yeah. Like that, that get the markets back to moving. And, you know, obviously it's not going to be the same as before. Nothing is going to be the same as before. No. It might be the same in a few years, but it, everything, when it does open back up, is going to definitely feel not the same. It's going to be very, very strange, very different. And it's going to be that way for a while. And the market's going to reflect that for a while, but the market will bounce back. Right. The market is built to bounce back there. 
you know, safeguards now in place to make sure, you know, you know, Black Tuesday never happens. And we, you know, rely on that fact. But if you're choking the market, it can't bounce back. Yeah. I mean, it's making a lot of sense. Like, I just, I just, I guess I'd never, um, like most people, excuse me, I just didn't realize how that stuff affects the economy. Cause I was kind of figuring like, you know, I don't really look that much into politics cause I just end up getting pissed off based on some of the stupidity that comes along with it. But I was wondering going like, you know, if you want to make the, if you want to like try to build up the economy again, you have to give people money. Because in order to spend the money, but I guess I just I never looked at it is that, you know, these people, they get the money, but they don't spend it. But then over time, eventually, that's just going to make the American dollar worthless. For the, for the same reason why people, you know, started hoarding money back like in the 1930s, like you, like you still hear about, you know, they'll buy a house that was, you know, built around, you know, World War One and you, you'll get, you know a one-time homeowner who's passed away. So you buy it from the estate and, you know, in the basement or buried in the yard, you just find tons of money because people are, people were hoarding it because they didn't trust banks after what had happened in the great depression. Right. And quite literally, I mean, and it's the same, essentially it's the same reason 2008 happened. I mean, you can only buy so much on credit before the market falls through and you have to have something backing that up, which is the U S dollar. And, Right now, I mean, there's definitely, if we're in a recession, it's a very light recession. And if this isn't the recession, then this is still the early warning sign of recession. However, you know, if things don't turn around, I hope that you can, uh, you know, see where I'm going with this. Lightly, but I want you to continue. I want you to continue the thought for it's going to for people that are listening that aren't getting what you're saying it's going to get worse and I, I could be wrong on this i could be wrong completely about you know this entire train of thought you know and that you know again this is just my opinion uh i'm not purporting to be an expert on any of this but you know it makes sense that if people are spending money uh people have faith in the markets you know the market's going to do well. If people aren't entering the market, people aren't buying stuff, the market's going to do bad. I mean, logically, it just makes sense. Right. Because, like, in order to, like, it's that whole business model, in order to make money, you have to spend it. Exactly. And not just spend it, but spend it smartly. And there's multiple ways that we could be spending the, you know, our tax dollars, uh, the, uh, Congress has decided to spend it in a certain way by pushing a lot of it overseas. And, you know, do you think people that get in trouble with tax evasion? Cause I know that's a problem in the in this country with people not paying their taxes. Do you think people would want to pay their taxes more if they knew exactly where the money was going or they could choose where the money went, where the money went? I mean, you can choose how the money goes by, you know, the political process voting um right uh, i mean i get that but like people that are dumb like me like do you kind of like when you when you you know you can kind of choose where the money goes first off, first off let's go back to this whole self 
like, you know, self-care, self-help, stop calling yourself dumb. Like, anyone who call, calls themselves dumb or, or you know, puts themselves dumb, stop it right now. Like, well, you know, you, you, you have, Rick, you have to realize I'm a comedian. I don't really think I'm stupid. But compared to you, I'm not that I'm compared to you, I'm not that smart. See, I have common sense. But in order for me to learn, that's why I learn that's why I learn these that's why you're one of the people I go to whenever I, you know, that's one of the things why I wanted you to have on the podcast. But you know, you know, not trying to take away from you, but like I'm very comfortable with who I am. I can thank psychedelics for that one. But I mean, it's just some it's just like it, compared to Compared to somebody who has an eighth grade education, I'm smarter than them. But but by you, you went to college and everything else that you're going to law school. I'm not smarter than you. I might be more street smart, but book smart, you're smarter than me. You know what I mean? I'm smart I in certain ways. I think we're going to disagree to you know agree to disagree on this. I think you're equally as smart. I don't think. Honestly, I don't think I'm that smart. And, you know, again, I'm not purporting to be an expert on any of this. This is just, you know, you can chalk this up to ramblings of a madman. Uh, this is someone who is, who has been inside Groundhog Day far too long, inside his room far too long, staring at a screen for far too long, and definitely been alone with his faults for longer than anyone probably should have. I'm, you know, but this, like, going back to your question, like, I think the reason we found out that everything is in, inside this tax bill was inside this uh, or inside this uh, relief bill is inside this relief bill is because people, it got notoriety, it got attention. You know, uh, it's a, it's a very long bill, but it's, it's not like Congress is hiding the ball. Everything that the federal government does, unless there's a reason why it can be, uh, you know, uh, the records can be sealed or it can be redacted, you know, um, it's it's foyable. You can obtain it under the Freedom of Information Act, and the government, for the most part, is very transparent about where your money is going. Uh, simply because of the fact that you know everything is you know you can access it online. Like if you you can go to the Congressional Library right now um, online and see every single tag uh, bill that has spent your taxes. Um, you know, and if you disagree with where the money is going, you know, local politics. Step up. <laughs> Local politics, uh, or how, you know, you, you know, anyone, as long as you meet the qualifications can either run or you can help endorse your candidate. And if your person didn't win this time, well, get active, be active, be a member of the community. You know, if you don't know who is, has the ability to raise your water bill, who has the ability to, you know, tell you, you know, which kind of cable you can have, um, how much you should be spending for taxes or surcharges for 911 fees. Like get to know who those people are. If you don't like those people run against them or find a candidate that you like and help them run, enter the political process, challenge ideas, discuss, you know, bring back the idea that there can be a debate or disagreement and not be the end all be all the conversation. The chilling effect of ideas in this country has gotten to the point where it's it's no longer just a chilling effect. It's uh, you know it's almost a fear that someone's going to say something you know that someone else doesn't like. And 
at the end of the day, we can come together as a country and have an, a variance of ideas because if you just have an echo chamber, if you only have one voice saying one thing and the rest of the ideas have been chilled or they know they can't be heard, you no longer have a successful company. You no longer have a government of, you know, the people. You have an echo chamber and it's going to go the, you know, the same way as the dinosaurs and Blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you throw Blockbuster in there. That was funny. Did, this will probably be my last question because I know you have to get going. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to word it. Sounded out. I can feel like I'm in grade school again. But do you think what? Well, I shouldn't say what. What is your thought that everybody thinks that everything's all hunky dory now because Biden and Kamala are in office, and they think like I, you know, like I said, I wasn't a big fan of Trump, but you have to admit the economy was fucking great. When he was in office, it was great <laughs> until COVID. But I don't like the fact that people think that everything's all hunky dory now because we have a Democrat presidency. And I don't think, and you know, he, you can say, well, he was with Obama and everything else like that. That's fine and dandy. But I don't think that you, I don't. I don't think that people realize that all the problems that they think is wrong with America is not going to get fixed in four years. No, I, I agree. I mean, the problems that people are addressing, which are very valid issues and the conversations that we are having about those issues um, need to be had because that's the only way that, you know, things are going to start to get better. I don't think, I don't think anything has been fixed. I think that, you know, it's a starting point if you want to call it a starting point. Um, but again, uh, if you think that everything's fixed by some by one person getting into office, you know, you you're completely forgetting about the other, you know, well, I don't know, judicial branch, legislative branch, the state government, your local government. Like, there's multiple moving things, and like I said before, like if there's one thing that you know anyone takes away from this, you know, it's not just one person controlling, you know. In fact, it the president has very little power when you think about it because the, the, the founding fathers have set the constitution as a battle between the three branches. The, the branches are supposed to keep the other branches in check. And the president has powers that check the Congress. Congress has powers that check the president. And, you know, in there you have rub and rub is good. It is what keeps one person from not having all the power because absolute power corrupts absolutely. And yeah. when you have someone that has all the power, now you have something to the extent of an authoritarian government and the founding fathers had just escaped that. So you don't want that. And the constitution prevents it. And so it doesn't matter that one person's in office or one party got into office because you have, the three branches that are keeping each other in check, you have federalism, which allows the state and federal government to operate independently as sovereigns. And then you have your local municipalities that operate inside underneath your state's constitution. And in that case, you know, 
if there were changes, the most direct impact that you can make is at the local level. And if you want to see change, if you want to address the issues that are infecting and impacting your community, the only way to do it is to go out there and make the change you want to see, quoting, I forget who, I think, I don't even know. I'm not going to try to guess because I sound stupid. John but the, <laughs> um, Gandhi. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but I don't think anything's changed. Like I, it, it, Just because someone places their hand on a Bible and swears an oath to the Constitution and then goes home that night and decides to you know, enact you know, several executive orders that can be easily overturned by the two-thirds majority uh, Congress. It doesn't mean everything's changed. There are still issues. And at the very most, this is a band-aid. And at the very least, again, this is still the part of the conversation where this is where we start to talk about the issues and where people take this starting point and start to collaborate because there are different ways to solve the issues. Um, and, you know, that's where, you know, where our conversation ends is where people should go out and begin their conversation in the community to try to figure out how to address the issues that are plaguing this country. Yeah. I think that a lot of people, well, you know, part of me thinks that part people just like to do it, just like to post on social media, just so they can feel better and get the lights, get the likes and get that dopamine rush. And a lot, there's a small percentage well, of people probably. that want to do it, that actually care, that know how to do it. And the other, and the other ones don't want to hear about it. They just want to tweet about it and they want to post on Facebook or post like on post on Instagram. Well, it's more convenient. It is easier to think that because I made one substantial step towards being, you know, an active member of the community. Um, I've done my part and now I can say I've done my part and I can feel good about that. And I don't have to do anything again for another four or two years. And that's not the case. You know, this is turning that kind of, a, uh, you know, an unactive, you know, role is how we, got to such an explosive head to begin with you know if we're not addressing these issues they build up over time and then we see the type of explosive outrage that we see and now we just have anger and sadness and outcry and we still and we still don't know how to fix it instead of talking about it along the way to try to see if there are solutions that we aren't seeing. Cause I, I mean, and it shouldn't be one conversation. It should, no, these are very complex issues. They didn't happen overnight and they aren't going to get fixed. Unfortunately, in you know, one sitting or one presidency or one, you know, congressional term. Right. Um, Got one more question, but it's not anything related to what we're talking about. Do you know what's happening this week? Do you know what's happening tonight? Tonight? Yeah. Um, I'm going to study family and domestic law. I mean, not that, but 
I don't know. I don't know if you're into the um, into like UFC or fighting or anything. I I am. I I am, but I have like put a moratorium on social activity unless it involves me like taking an active break and walking around outside. Like then I can be on Facebook. But no, I unfortunately just have not been um uh privy to that. What's going on tonight? Where it's gonna be Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor. Part two. Really? What time is that? Um, the main card starts at ten on pay per view. Interesting. We're act- that's it. Actually, works out because we're doing a. I do these fight night companions, where you know I record. I you know I get the fights and then I have some friends come over, and we record it and we you know we're just talking shit during the fights. But I, I didn't know if you knew what was going on because I wanted to get your because I knew because you're one of the people I knew that knows about what's going on, even though you're not like a huge fan into it. You know, what's you, you generally knew what was going on before you had to study for the bar and, and everything else like that. But oh, yeah. who do you have based on who you know, who these who these gentlemen are? Who do you have going? And this will be the end of the end of this. Oh, man. Oh, shoot. Uh, I got to go with McGregor. Connor's probably gonna take it, but it's not who you it's, it's, it's gonna be a good fight. But um, hold on. Well, I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to do this. I really do appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for having me on. And hopefully, we can do another one after you after your kind of life kind of settles down. You can kind of uh, come up here, and we can have a. You can come up here and be in the, in the studio that I have here. Yeah, I definitely enjoy that. I uh, trust me. I need a change of scenery <laughs> after you know nine months of being in this room. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, this episode will be coming out Thursday, which would be uh will be the twenty will be the twenty eighth. So I'll. I'll tag you in it and then I'll post the links and everything. So people, so people can listen to it. Sweet. I look forward to it. Uh, thank you again for having me on. Uh, definitely enjoy it. Thank you again. All right. See you brother. See ya.